Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Andrew Giuliani wants to be the next governor of New York. Andrew Giuliani. I shouldn't fumble your last name because that's key here, Andrew. It's not that, Andrew. On the Red Apple Podcast Network, here's Andrew Giuliani. Hello, everybody, and welcome to my newest podcast here at WABC. It is an honor to be part of the family. As we go through this podcast, we will be talking about all different things, running the gauntlet of interests from sports, which this episode will be about, considering this weekend's big game. But politics, we'll talk about local politics with many city council races coming up. We'll talk about national politics with obviously a presidential race coming up next year. And we'll even go to international politics, as it's something that I certainly have a fascinating interest in. And we'll talk about cultural issues. We'll talk about New York. We'll talk about the latest and greatest and what we can do to make our city, our country, a better place. But let's start off today talking about what everybody is thinking about, the big game, Super Bowl 57, between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, for those of you that know me and have listened on Sid and Friends and known me throughout this, I'm a massive New York Giants fan, so my season ended a couple weeks ago with so many of yours. And because of that, I'll be rooting against the Philadelphia Eagles. I am still hurt that the Empire State Building was lit up in Philly Green the day after the Eagles made it to the Super Bowl. Sorry, the night that the Eagles made it to the Super Bowl. That never would have happened under a Governor Giuliani, I can tell you that. And it wouldn't have happened under a Mayor Sliwa or a Governor Zeldin as well. But we have our big game set in Glendale, Arizona, which, by the way, is a place that I'm very happy about because the Giants won the greatest Super Bowl of all time there, Super Bowl 42, against the New England Patriots, the 18-1 and New England Patriots that year. But today let's talk a little bit about the economics of the Super Bowl. Such a big game, such a big cultural moment. Cities project that this can bring in anywhere from $30 million to $600 million, actually, some places estimating even up to $750 million for the city hosting the Super Bowl. And that's a very, very big range. So if we could break a little bit of this down, because I love breaking the numbers down, I love seeing a little bit more deeper into actually what people will be spending their money on. The average American will spend $79, an average price, on Super Bowl Sunday, whether that's just you bringing in and ordering in takeout, maybe with just a few friends, or going to a big Super Bowl party, maybe a potluck, you're bringing your game in, bringing your food to your Super Bowl party, or for those that are actually spending big money to go to Glendale, Arizona. Right now, in my last check, the lowest prices to get in the stadium, this is on secondary pricing websites, was $5,040. That was the lowest price to get in the stadium, over $5,000. The average price being $9,400. Think about that, $9,400 average price just to watch a football game. But that's what the Super Bowl has turned into. Reading a little bit more about this, there have been some sports economists that have broke this down a little bit further. There's a guy named Victor Matheson, who's a sports economist at the College of Holy Cross up in Worcester, Massachusetts, who points out that it can actually 
crowd out other economic activities and displace other leisure seekers. Now, I understand what he's talking about there. You think about a big place like Glendale, Arizona, that's just outside of Phoenix. So you're talking about one of the five or six largest cities in the country. Same thing last year in Los Angeles. You remember a few years ago, New Jersey, New York, New Jersey hosted the Super Bowl. I think that was actually almost 10 years ago now that they hosted the Super Bowl. But you're thinking about the fact that this brings in so much in economic activity. But in so many of these places, the argument is that there already is an economic center to New York. People are already spending money on Broadway plays. The one place that I'll disagree a little bit with that on is the fact that if you look at New York and you look at tourist revenues, probably the lowest month for tourist revenues consistently is February. So when you look at all the money that a Super Bowl can bring in, and I think that's kind of consistent over across the country because you look and people spend a lot of money over vacation, whether it be on Christmas gifts, whether it be on travel and holiday travel plans, that a lot of times in January, February, March, you have a little less spending on tourism. So I think it's a big, big boom. Actually, one of the things that I think is fascinating is thinking about the Meadowlands Stadium in New Jersey, just eight miles away. And while I'm a big fan of cold weather football, certainly as a fan of the New York Giants, I love watching it. I do think that the investment for Dome probably is one of those things that could have seen the continuous revenue with the Super Bowl every five or six years, probably a Final Four every five or six years. We know we had that one Super Bowl, but it will never host a Final Four because it's an outdoor venue, as we know. But likely, it'll be tough to get another Super Bowl here in New York. I think probably a dome, a retractable roof where the Giants could play all their home games outdoors, but then you can have that retractable roof for the Super Bowl. You can have that for the Final Four. That probably would bring in so much more economic activity specifically to the New York, New Jersey area. But also when you look deeper into this, you see that much of the money may not stay actually in the city. Room prices will go up two to five times over the course of the week of that Super Bowl, but a lot of that money will go to corporate shareholders. That money is not necessarily going to stay in said city. Actually, if you think about the last two Super Bowls, last one being in Los Angeles, the one before that being in Tampa Bay, the two unique things about those Super Bowls, throughout the first 55 Super Bowls, there was not one home team in the game. And then the last two Super Bowls, we've had both the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay and we've had the Los Angeles Rams in L.A. That probably affected hotel prices, as you can imagine. And others would say, well, you know what? You might not have people that would spend because they might not go to and check out different tourist attractions in Los Angeles or in Tampa Bay if they're not there. What I would say also, though, is it probably also creates a little bit more of a buzz for all those fans who are in the town, who are in the city, but cannot go to the game. So my guess is that that might be offset by all those people that are still going out there, that are going to the convention center the week of, to all these football activities, that are very excited about their team going in there. Of course, this year, with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles, that won't be an issue. You will have people that will be traveling all across the country, from Kansas City and from Philadelphia to Arizona to celebrate the big game and to try to watch their team become Super Bowl 57 champions, and it will be exciting. The other thing that Arizona has, which is a site, and I played professional golf for a while, albeit not on the PGA Tour, is Arizona has this year, oh, actually every year, they have the Waste Management Open, a PGA Tour event, which is a site to be seen. It's on the 16th hole 
of the Waste Management PGA Tour event. They have a stadium that they've built out, basically. Short little par three. Guys will hit eight, nine irons, wedges, short hole. Yet, it's the one place on tour where noise is continually allowed. And it sets up great for Super Bowl week. As a matter of fact, with the Super Bowl changing a week later now, because the NFL added a 17th game two years ago, the PGA Tour had to change its schedule to have this event. I'd urge anybody who's... Another golf fan, not a golf fan at all. Check out the 16th hole next week, this week here for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. It is a great scene that is really apropos for the Super Bowl and I think really lends itself very well to being part of Super Bowl week. Gets the excitement. The players are getting into it. A lot of times they'll be wearing jerseys, certainly if they're from the Philadelphia area or if they're from the Kansas City area. You'll see a lot of that in supporting it. And by the way, If the players miss the green, they hit a bad shot, they're going to get booed. So there was one very, very famous scene of a guy named Tiger Woods, who I think his rookie year or second year made a hole-in-one, and just the entire place exploded and went wild. It's certainly one of those things that I would recommend anybody who's a sports fan, anybody who's excited about the big game, actually watch a little bit of beforehand. But the financial cost of the city, I think this is another thing to talk about in breaking this down. Policing, you have to add policing, road service and public transportation in New York, New Jersey for the Super Bowl 10 years ago. It actually cost New York and New Jersey $5.6 million in terms of they actually had a deficit of $5.6 million for their public transportation costs. And you got to remember, the NFL signs great deals in this because every single team in every single city wants to host a Super Bowl. Normally only about a half dozen, maybe seven or eight cities really have the capacity to be able to host a Super Bowl in the way that the NFL wants it. But a lot of times, because the NFL has leverage and negotiating power, the NFL is able to really exempt many state and local taxes, which certainly benefits not just the NFL, but obviously all of their owners. One of the things that so many people look forward to with the Super Bowl are the TV commercials. I think we've seen so many leading up in the weeks prior to the teases. Somebody, uh, one that I'm looking forward to is Rob Gronkowski Gronk and whether or not he's going to make his $10 million kick. But when you look at the cost of these things, $7 million is the Fox asking price for a 30-second ad. You add that to the fact that the production costs are two point five million to three million dollars on a lot of these and talent costs anywhere from a half million to upwards of 10 million dollars so you're looking at potentially a 20 million dollar bill when it comes to a super bowl ad and obviously if you're spending seven million dollars on 30 seconds you want to make sure you're getting your production right you want to make sure you're doing everything from an advertising standpoint to get everybody excited about that you want to make sure that you're doing everything from having the best talent that is excited about this that's ready to go uh Gronkowski and FanDuel have done this, uh, so they've created a real buzz. And having Venetari in there, uh, one of those things that people get so excited about are these ads. And in so many ways, and I think you can talk to a lot of different executives who have invested in these, these are make-or-break moments for these companies. An ad that falls flat can hurt your brand, but an ad that really hits... There's no way to get more eyeballs, you're talking about upwards of 100 million viewers on average, than this. So even though it's a massive cost, a lot of times it's worth it for these companies to pay for this spot. When you think about how much TV networks pay for the Super Bowl, 
billion dollars per year when you average this stuff out. It's mind-boggling, and that's why these ads cost so much. So this is such a major day, not just for the advertising companies, but also for Fox this year, or CBS in other years, or NBC. And that's why you see the fact that they are hosting the Super Bowl, that they will be there really advertised from the beginning of the, from the end of the last Super Bowl. I don't know if it's NBC or CBS that will be hosting the next Super Bowl, but, but I can guarantee that by the final four or by whenever NBC is having their next television event, their next sporting event, they will be promoting the fact that they have the next Super Bowl and they'll be, they'll be very proud of that fact. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Another thing that's a big, big cost getter when it comes to the Super Bowl is the halftime show. Now, I'm never a big fan of the halftime show. Uh, It's a time when, actually, I remember growing up, and and my birthday's always been around the Super Bowl. It's the end of January, so now the season's moved a little bit later. But one of the things that I would do as a kid, that we would do, is it was kind of a a little birthday celebration at some point at halftime. So while a lot of people love the halftime show, it's something that I think a lot of the people that aren't football fans can really get behind. This is something that is very exciting for so many Americans to be able to watch this and bring in the non-football fans, as I said before. Uh, Rihanna will be hosting this year, and Apple Music actually took over the rights to advertise for this. It is the Apple Music Halftime Show. used to be the Pepsi Halftime Show. Now $50 million per year to advertise this, to be the title sponsor of all this. That doesn't even include the production costs. A lot of times you look at the production costs of these things and they're through the roof. Uh, And uh, as a matter of fact, when you think about it, $50 million just to be the Apple Music Halftime sponsor, when you compare that to the $7 million for a 30-second ad, doesn't sound like it's actually too bad of a deal. Think about that. $50 million, not too bad of a deal. But that's really where we are with the Super Bowl. Now, another thing, the economics of the Super Bowl that some of you may be participating in, whether it be with boxes, whether it be with fantasy or with pools, or maybe even directly with sports gambling now. But how much is gambled on the Super Bowl? That's an interesting question. And uh, up until a couple years ago, when really gambling was only legal in Nevada, sports gambling only legal in Nevada and a couple other states, now over the last few years, sports gambling has become legal. Uh, it's estimated this year that $200 million will be bet in Nevada, but that really is only the tip of the iceberg. Somewhere between $6 billion to $8 billion will be bet on Super Bowl 57. You're talking about 96% of that $8 billion will actually be bet illegally. What I mean by that is it won't be bet with the Nevada books or New York books or New Jersey books uh, that are now legal and on the board, but it will be bet actually illegally or will be not reported. So much of that is something that we've been dealing with for a very long time, but everybody wants a little bit of action on the Super Bowl in some type of way, and this is a way for so many people to get that kind of action. And you'll be hearing so much more, and as we have 
in so many of the, of the pregame telecasts. You'll be hearing so much more about the spread, about the over and under, about the covers, uh, and it brings people interest in the game. But got to remember, to do this responsibly, it's very important to do that. Uh, I urge anybody that if they are going to make a wager, that they do it within their means. Only bet what you expect to lose. Uh, and uh, make sure you're doing it legally, too, and on the book. So I want to make sure I'm advocating for that. As a matter of fact, though, to let you know probably how unwise it is to gamble on this stuff, in the last 35 years, Las Vegas has only lost on Super Bowl Sunday twice. That's right. 33 out of the last 35 years, Las Vegas has been a winner. Now, one of those was Super Bowl 42 when the New York Giants beat the New England Patriots, the 18-1 New England Patriots, I might add, where Las Vegas lost uh, a total of $3 million. Uh, Super Bowl 29 was the other one where the San Francisco 49ers beat the Chargers. They lost less than a million dollars. So even when they lose, they're losing small amounts because the last four years, each of the last four years, Nevada has actually had eight-figure profits in each of the last four years. So, uh, as a good friend of mine once told me, they don't build those casinos off the backs of winners. They build it off the backs of losers. So make sure that if you are gambling, you do it responsibly, have fun, but make sure that it's only what you can actually lose. Uh, But the other part about the Super Bowl, we've talked about the economics, is the cultural significance of this. It's a time to bring people together, to bring families together. Uh, As I said, for me, it was an opportunity uh, after the Christmas holidays to to have my family together. They would celebrate my birthday. Uh, Later is my mother's birthday because she's a couple weeks after after me. So, uh, so many families, so many friends. Uh, Whether or not you have uh, a team in the game or not, uh, it brings us together. And that is so important when I think about what we need in this country. We need more things that we don't think necessarily about the politics of every single moment of the game, but we get to actually enjoy it. We get to enjoy it as sports fans. We get to put our allegiances on the line. Look, I'll be rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs this year because I don't like the Philadelphia Eagles because they've broken my heart too many times, frankly, as a New York Giant fan. That's what so much of this should be about. I've got a good friend of mine who'll be going to Arizona. He's not going to the game, but he's going to Arizona. He's a big Eagles fan, and he's really looking forward to having the opportunity to spend the time with his father and with his brother and to be out there to be able to bond. That's what sports is all about. That's what these moments are all about, having the opportunity to bond independent of politics. So much of our sports recently has been about politics, and we'll have more podcasts that will cover that and certainly bring in some guests that will really talk about that and talk about uh, why some of that is, what some of the movements behind that is, some of the money behind those movements, uh, and why it seems to be ubiquitous even when we don't want it in our sports and we want to really be able to enjoy it. Uh, But I certainly hope everybody has the opportunity to enjoy their Super Bowl, to be around family, to be around friends. And now that we understand more of the economics behind it, maybe we can actually figure out how to really enjoy this uh, in the best way that we possibly can. But I am looking forward to Super Bowl 57. Uh, A little breakdown for me in terms of my analysis of the game and what I think. I think the biggest question on everybody's mind is 
Patrick Mahomes. How is he going to be? Everybody saw him gut through the AFC Championship game. What an amazing job by him. What an amazing job, too, by his line, keeping him upright in a game where he obviously was not 100%. I mean, I'd, I'd barely say he was 50%. And uh, the gutty scramble at the end of the game to get the first down and draw the 15-yard penalty I think shows the kind of competitor he is. As you know, I've already made my allegiances clear rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> because of my spite of the Eagles as a Giant fan. But I have to tell you, I think if the Kansas City Chiefs win this game, he's going to be the difference, and he's going to have to be the difference. And it's going to be tough to imagine that a defense as good as the Philadelphia Eagles that had 70 sacks throughout the year, I think a couple sacks short of the NFL record, will be able to be held back if Mahomes is not at least 80 or 90%. I think we'll know in the first series or two whether or not we're getting close to the 100% Patrick Mahomes or the one who is going to be playing on one leg again. And the Philadelphia Eagles, I mean, for as much as they've broken my heart, man, what a complete team they look like. Jalen Hurts, a guy who was taken in the third round, who was supposed to be a backup to Carson Wentz when he was taken, who was replaced by Tua in the national championship game for Alabama. He comes out and he is just an absolute star this year. Looks amazing. And you can see in the couple games that Hurts didn't play at the end of the year, uh, you can see the difference in the entire Eagles offense, the spacing that he's able to create for some of their other stars, like Sanders, like A.J. Brown, some of these amazing, like yeah, some of these amazing, amazing athletes like the tight end, tight end Goddard. So it's going to be an incredible game. We've got the Andy Reid Bowl. Actually, Andy Reid's a guy who I had the opportunity to talk to a couple times in the White House. Uh, we were planning on having the Kansas City Chiefs in there in 2020 for President Trump to greet him when they came in. Sadly, because of the pandemic, they could not come. But I know that he and Mahomes were all planning on coming. It was going to be great. But he's a guy who I certainly admire, who's gone through some difficulties with his family. I believe he had a son who, who passed away. Uh, and uh, your heart goes out to, to his family. Uh and uh, Reed obviously had such a uh, such a great impact on the Philadelphia Eagles for so many years. Took the Eagles to a Super Bowl. He was the head coach there for a decade. Uh, Kansas City immediately hired him up after Philadelphia ended up letting him go after that decade, uh, but set a standard in Philadelphia, which is frankly been matched and now surpassed, but changed a culture around that really was a losing culture for so many years. I used to be able to kid with my Philadelphia Eagle friends that 1960 was the last time that they had won a championship and never won a Super Bowl. Well, sadly, a couple years ago, they were able to break that curse. And then you have the Kelsey brothers, Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, the starting lineman for the Philadelphia Eagles, one of the best in football, and Travis Kelsey, who another guy who fought through the pain during the AFC Championship game, caught another touchdown pass, is just an absolute monster and one of the best tight ends, not just of our generation, but in football history. Uh, there's storyline after storyline in this. Uh, it's going to be one of those games that I think is going to be very close. You never know with these Super Bowls. Some of these games uh, end up getting out of hand uh, pretty early, and sometimes we only have the ads to look forward to. But... Uh, I find it tough to believe that this is not going to be a one possession game going down to the last to the last possession and uh and I think uh, we have a lot to look forward to here this weekend. But uh the Super Bowl is one of those things that it brings families together as I mentioned before. It allows cities, it allows states to really look at this and and enjoy 
And for me, I'm very excited about what the Super Bowl has to bring for us. So on this first episode, there'll be many more to go, but I'm glad that you joined me here today and make sure that you have a great time with your family on Super Bowl Sunday, that you all are able to enjoy it together. And whether it's the Philadelphia Eagles that win, please, Philly, do not burn down the city of Philadelphia. I'm sure that they'll put the resin again on the uh, on the lamppost. That way people won't be climbing up it. Or Kansas City, uh, who has uh, also recently won a Super Bowl there. I don't think there's been too much craziness and rioting going on in Kansas City when they've won. But uh, I know that Mahomes had a pretty good time when he won the AFC Championship game. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of fun if KC can pull it out. Uh, enjoy your Super Bowl weekend with your family. And uh, here's to the Giants, who hopefully will be Super Bowl 58 champions. <laughs>